Boy, that, uh, that video was the perfect one for this morning. Uh, when, we're, when we're talking about people uh, can let you down, who can you trust, uh, you know, when times are tough, especially, right? When times are tough, that's when you really want to know who can you trust. And this morning, uh, we're going to be looking at the life of Daniel. Uh, you know, the last few weeks, we've been in this series, Agents of Faith, and we've looked at several people. We've looked at Noah, uh, Abraham, and Elijah. Today, we're going to look at Daniel. And, um, you know, it's interesting to me how all these people we've looked at so far, the, tr the truth of it is, and I know they're written in the Bible, and we see, you know, we see these stories, but let's remember that these were just normal people. These were ordinary people, and, and we would have never heard about their names except for the fact that they actually, out of, because of their faithfulness to God, their obedience to God, their devotion to God, God was able to use them to do extraordinary things. Isn't it great? I mean, it's ordinary people, just like you and me, but God, when we're willing, can use them to do extraordinary things. That means that all of us qualify as well. All of us can be used by God to do extraordinary things with that faithfulness, devotion, and obedience. So, uh, I got a question for you, okay? Uh, and it's not a trick question. When is faith hard? You know, when is it hard to have faith? When is it hard to have faith? It's, it can be hard every day, can't it? Yeah. yeah. So when is it hard to have faith? In difficult times. Yes, it can be hard to have faith in difficult times. When else? It can be hard to have faith when you're separated from people that, that are kind of your support group. Yeah, I mean, can, can we agree, though, that, I mean, and I know it's church and we're all supposed to say, oh, I have faith all the time. Right? I mean, I know, I know you all know, you know, right, the, the answer that, you know, you should say, right, is I have this rock-solid faith all the time. But would we all be honest enough to admit there are times it is difficult, our faith gets tested, and faith can be hard, okay? It's a lot easier sometimes to say I have faith than to live like I have faith, okay? So, let's understand that even people who are faithful and love God, we can still find times when it's hard to actually trust in the faith that we have. And let me put it this way, that it will work. Right? I mean, the whole thing about faith, if you really kind of make it in simple everyday language, is what you're really counting on is that if you try to do something by faith, live by faith, that it'll work. Okay? So let's read today's scripture. Uh, the Bibles that are in the chairs, I would encourage you to take one if you don't have your own and turn to page 826 in that Bible uh, to find today's scripture because uh, we're going to read a passage, but then we're going to talk about it, and, but the verses won't be on the screen anymore. So you might want to, you know, you may want to refer back to something. So I want to encourage you uh, to take a Bible, turn to page 826, where, or look it up in your own Bible if you've brought one, and we're going to be in Daniel chapter 1. We're going to read the first five verses. We're going to stay in Daniel. So, so once you get there, stay there, because we're going to be going back to it a number of times this morning, okay? So Daniel 1, 
uh, verses 1 to 5. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temple of God. He carried these off to the temple of his God in Babylon and put the treasure house and put them in the treasure house of his God. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility, young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and the literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table, and they were to be trained for three years. And after that, they were to enter the king's service. So let's talk for a minute. The Babylonians attacked Jerusalem. They took the valuables, all the valuables from the temple, and they took a lot of the people as captives back to Babylon. Okay? The Babylonian king, Nebuchadnezzar, had some of the captured young men who were from the royal family and other nobility set apart to be trained and prepared to enter into his service, to kind of be his special group. Okay? Four of these captives were Daniel and his friends, uh, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Now, we know a lot of them more frequently known as uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because the king changed their names later, okay? Okay, part of their preparation allowed them access to special food. King, this, this food from the king's table. Now, normally, you would think that's a really good thing, right? I mean, this is like you get to eat at the best restaurant every night. I mean, so you would think this would be a really good thing. Uh, and apparently, most of the trainees, those set apart and brought in, accepted this special treatment, even though some of the food that would be offered to them was food that was not permitted by God for them to eat. Most likely, I would imagine, most of these young men thought it was just better not to ruffle the feathers of their captors. Right? Why, why cause trouble? However, Daniel decided that he would not defile himself by eating this food. Now that took a little faith, didn't it? That was that a hard is this a time when you've got to have faith? You're you've been you're you're a young man, you've been taken away from your homeland, you're you're a captive, you've been treated to very special food, and you decide to say, no thanks. That doesn't sound like a way to get promoted, does it? Okay, so Daniel asked the official over their group for permission for him and his three friends to simply be fed vegetables and water. Okay, now think about this. Due to Daniel's willingness to decline that preferential treatment, he did that now in order to honor God. God caused the official over them to show him favor and the official decided to a 10-day test. He agreed to a 10-day test. If after 10 days of eating water, having vegetables and drinking water, if Daniel and his friends still looked healthy and they were performing well with all of their other learning and assigned tasks, 
then their special diet could continue. It was a big risk on Daniel's part. But here's the thing. He had stood faithful. He had stood firm in his faith in wanting to honor God, in his desire to honor God. And so he took that stand. So now, this is where the hard part comes, right? Because now the outcome was up to God. That's testing your faith. That, that's putting your faith to work and trusting God. So uh, let's read what happened. So let's continue in Daniel 1, and now we're going to read verses 15 through 19. Daniel 1, 15 through 19. Then it goes... At the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the other young men who had been eating the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and wine that they had been given to drink, and he gave them vegetables instead. To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning, and Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. At the end of the time set by the king to bring them into his service, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them and found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, or Azariah. So they entered the king's service. Okay, so Daniel's faith has been tested. Daniel has remained strong in a difficult situation by standing to, in a way to, that he wanted to honor God in how he conducted his own behavior, his own eating. God honored it. Now, let's fast forward a little bit. Sometime later, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, and it troubled him. The scriptures tell us that when he had this dream, he called for his magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, and astrologers to tell him what the dream meant. So that whole assembled group comes in front of Nebuchadnezzar and they say, King, so tell us the dream and we'll tell you what it means. But this time the king refused to tell them the dream. The king said, if you really have power, then you should be able to tell me the dream and then interpret it for me. Oh, well, okay. And if they could they would be rewarded. But if they could not tell him the dream, they would be killed. Yeah. Okay. So let's read about that. Daniel 2. Now we're going to move to Daniel chapter 2, verses 10 through 16. Daniel 2, 10 through 16. So the astrologers, when they heard this, they answered the king, no one on earth can do what the king asks. No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked such a thing of any magician, enchanter, or astrologer. What the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods, and they do not live among humans. This made the king so angry and furious that he ordered the execution of all the wise men of Babylon. So the decree was issued to put the wise men to death. And men were sent to look for Daniel and his friends to put them to death. When Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, had gone out to put to death the wise men of Babylon, get this, Daniel, Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact. He asked the king's officer, why did the king issue such a harsh decree? 
Arioch then explained the matter to Daniel. At this, Daniel went into the king and asked for time so that he might interpret the dream for him. Okay, question for you. So what's it like when you find yourself in a situation that doesn't seem fair? When it seems like all the circumstances are stacked against you? What does that feel like? Makes you angry, doesn't it? Makes you angry. Yeah, it, boy, doesn't it? I mean, really, when, when it just seems like you go, not only does it make you angry, but you go, what did I do? Right? Why me? Okay, so let's once again, let's think about Daniel's behavior under this. When confronted with the threat of death, Daniel doesn't look for a way out. Daniel doesn't, it didn't tell us that, oh, Daniel went on his knees and complained to God about why everything had been so bad in his life and why things weren't fair. Instead, he apparently remains calm and he speaks to the commander of the king's guard, this guy who's been sent out with orders to kill them all. Okay? He speaks to him with wisdom and tact, it said. I mean, let's remember, this guy had been given orders to go kill everybody. And I mean, I'm not trying to be, you know, funny, but I mean, he's in killing mode. Right? Because that's the orders from the king, and you don't mess with the king. Okay? But Daniel, because he approaches him with wisdom and tact, can you imagine what might have happened if Daniel had come in hot? You know what I mean? If Daniel had come after him and go, wait a minute, this isn't fair, you know? Look, I think, I mean, the, probably the commander would have just executed him immediately. He would have just died because he would have been following the king's orders. He would have just executed him without hearing what Daniel had to say. I wonder how many times any of us have missed the opportunity to be a part of the solution to a significant problem or challenge because instead of being like Daniel and remaining calm and asking some probing questions and acting with wisdom and tact, uh, we kind of immediately went nuclear. And instead of being a part of the solution, we just became part of the problem. You know, I don't know if any of you have read it. I mean, there was a book about, I don't know, like 30 years ago that was very popular, it was a bestseller, um, and, and I read it a couple of times because it was good, but it was called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. You may, might remember that, okay? Uh, so there were seven habits that highly effective people tended to exhibit. Habit number five in that book was seek first to understand, then to be understood. If you think about it, that's precisely what D Daniel did. Okay? Let's look at Daniel 2, verses 17 to 19. Daniel 2, 17 to 19. Okay, so then Daniel returned to his house, and he explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that that dream that the king had had, so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. 
during the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven. Okay, the next morning, Daniel immediately went to Arioch, back to the commander of the king's guard, and he told them, do not execute the wise men, but take me to the king, and I will interpret the dream for him. Okay, so Daniel 2, 26 to 28. Daniel 2, 26 to 28. The king asked Daniel, also called Belshazzar, are you able to tell me the dream and interpret it? Daniel said, now get this. Daniel said, no. No wise men, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about. But, but, there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. And he has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the days to come. And then Daniel proceeded to tell the king the dream and interpret it for him. When Daniel had completed his assignment, when he had explained to the king all that the dream meant and interpreted to him, the meaning. Scripture tells us in Daniel 2, 46 through 49, Daniel 2, 46 through 49, it says, then King Nebuchadnezzar fell prostrate before Daniel and he paid him honor and ordered that an offering and incense be presented to him. The king said to Daniel, surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and the revealer of mysteries. For you are able to reveal this mystery. Then the king placed Daniel in a high position and lavished uh, on him many gifts. He made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon and placed him in charge of all its wise men. Moreover, at Daniel's request, the king appointed those three friends of his, now with their new names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, administrators over the province of Babylon while Daniel himself remained at the royal court. Think of all the lives that were spared because of Daniel's steadfast faith, his steadfast faith and confidence in God. God honored Daniel's faith through the king's desire to reward him and his friends for Daniel's service. Daniel's boldness and his trust in God. Also, think of this. Daniel's boldness and his trust in God in the, mid, in the middle of a threat of execution. Okay? Think of the example that was to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Think of the witness that was. Think of the, the mentoring of his three friends. What a great example of how to be strong in the Lord. Even in the middle of a test. In the middle of a persecution even under this intense pressure. And it's a good thing that Daniel set that example for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and that they learned from it because we're about to see that they were going to need it. Because sometime later, King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold image. It was 90 feet tall. And he commanded that everyone... When they heard a certain signal, they were to bow down 
and they were to worship this image of gold. And furthermore, anyone who did not immediately bow down and worship this gold image would be thrown into a blazing furnace. Okay, Daniel 3 now, verses 8 through 12. Daniel 3, verses 8 through 12. So it says, at this time, some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. That would be Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and those others, right? And said to King Nebuchadnezzar, may the king live forever. Your majesty has issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold. And that whoever does not fall down and worship that image of gold will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But, king, there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. Okay, when King Nebuchadnezzar heard this, you might guess, I think he's a guy with a temper, okay? So he was furious. He had Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego brought to him, and then he asked them, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold that I have set up? Well, now let's see what they have learned and from the example of Daniel and how they respond. So let's look at Daniel 3, verses 16 to 18. Daniel 3, 16 through 18. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. <laughs> well, as, as, you, as you can imagine, uh, the king didn't take that well. Uh, but notice even that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, notice how they responded to the king. It was calm, just firm. They didn't yell. They didn't, they didn't run away. They just calmly, with tact and respect, but firmly replied to King Nebuchadnezzar. And, of course, it enraged him. So how did King Nebuchadnezzar respond? He was so mad, he ordered that that blazing furnace be heated seven times hotter than normal, okay? And he, told, he called for the strongest soldiers in his army to be summoned and to have those guys tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and then throw them into the furnace. Daniel 3, 21 to 23 tells us what happened. Daniel 3, 21 to 23. says, so the men wearing their robes, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who were, you know, dressed in their normal street clothes, right? Wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot 
that the flames of fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Okay, these guys had incredible faith. Think about it. They could, on their way up, they could see and they could feel the furnace. I mean, you ever been close to a hot fire? You can feel the heat before you get there, right? Okay, so they, they could see what was ahead of them. They could see what was coming. And they knew where they were heading. But here's an interesting thing. If the fire was so hot that it killed the soldiers who were carrying them there, then wouldn't normally it have killed them too before they got thrown in? Yeah, okay. So, I mean, they should have been dead, you know, before they got thrown in. But they weren't. But they weren't. So, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had been thrown in, though, I mean, wouldn't normal people say, well, that's the end of that? That's the, that's the end of that deal. Okay, but now let's read Daniel 3, 24 to 30. Daniel 3, 24 to 30. And let's see what their faith yielded. Then King Nebuchadnezzar, he leaped to his feet in amazement. And he asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, well, certainly, your majesty. He said, well, look, look, I see four men. I see four men walking around in the fire, and they're unbound and unharmed. And the fourth one looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace, and he shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the satraps, prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor, nor was a hair of their head singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Then the king said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted him and they defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, this is the king talking, therefore I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut to pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble. For no other god can save this way. Then the king of Babylon promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. No other god can save this way. Look, I'm pretty confident that you guys would agree with me that as we've looked at the life of Daniel and his friends, that we've seen examples of four young men living by faith, even under pressure. Even under pressure. Not only under the threat of death, but they actually lived through an attempted execution. I mean, they were literally bound up and thrown into the fire. 
So, yet no matter the pressure, no matter, no matter the pressure, think of it, they could have gotten out of it. All they had to do was bow down and worship the deal. I mean, they could have, they could have removed all the pressure. Okay? But they didn't. They stood firm in their faith. They stood firm in their confidence in the God that they had chosen to trust their lives to and to serve. Okay. Well, what about you and me? Okay. Uh, I mean, let's be honest and realistic. Most of us have not been threatened by execution or a blazing furnace. Right? But, but a question for you. What are some of the kinds of challenges to our faith that we do face? What kind of challenges do we face to our faith? Rejection. We face rejection. Can we all agree that, I mean, we do, there are challenges to our faith? Yeah. I mean, rejection, which then also could mean loss of friends, right? Could mean, you know, not, not, not getting invited, you know, back over anymore, okay? So the kind of, I, I just want us to take a minute and I want us to look at, so how we live in a world where our faith is more conf, constantly being challenged and questions. So how can you and I live with the kind of faith that Daniel and his friends exhibited with kind of that faith that's under fire, faith that's under under challenge. Okay, well let's let's look at that. First of all, I would tell you that you got to decide in advance that you're going to live by faith. Decide in advance. You, if you remember back, we won't go back to it, but in chapter uh, one, verse eight, when uh, when uh, offered the special food, I like the way the King James version said it because I just like the word. It said that Daniel purposed in his heart. Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. That means Daniel decided in advance that he would not defile himself. He decided ahead of time. But let's also remember that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in chapter 3, verses 17 and 18 told King Nebuchadnezzar that while their God was able to save them, he was able and they knew he was able. They said, but even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, we're not going to bow down to an idol. Look, when you're in the middle of a battle, when you're in the middle of that thing that challenges your faith, that is no time to be figuring out uh, how strong your faith is. That's no time to be figuring out what you're going to, where you're going to stand firm and where you're going to give. I also need to be, let's be realistic here. While, I mean, I would certainly support and encourage the principle of purposing in your heart, deciding in advance that we will live by faith no matter what. The examples that we see here today make it very clear that sometimes standing firm in that way can cost you something. It can cost you that friendship. It can cost you certain friends. It could cost you a job. And in this case, it could even cost you your life. Okay? But they stood firm. Second thing is we need to surround ourselves with people 
who also have a strong and determined faith. Right? We need to first decide in ourselves that we're going to live by faith, decide in advance. But then we need to surround ourselves with others who feel the same way. Daniel was fortunate. He had Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They hung out together. They helped each other. And we certainly know that they prayed together because we know they prayed all night asking for God to reveal the dream to Daniel. We all agree, I think, that there's strength in numbers. And there's strength in numbers and group prayer is certainly powerful. As a result, the enemy will do his best to isolate you. The enemy will do his best. The enemy knows that we are far stronger when we are with others with like faith, when we are praying as a group, when we are worshiping as a group. Let me tell you, the enemy is not happy you're here right now. Let's be practical. He will do everything he can to tell you, oh, I don't feel well today. Oh, I, f I would feel more comfortable at home. Oh, I'm still sleepy. Oh, I didn't rest well last night. I should stay home. Oh, it's a little too cold. Oh, it's a little too hot. Oh, it might rain. It might, I mean, let me tell you, if you're willing, the enemy will give you an excuse every week to not be here. The enemy will tell you, oh, it would be so much more comfortable to be watching online because you can wear your jammies. It, it just, the enemy knows that if he can keep you by yourself, you are an easy target. Okay? And so we need to surround ourselves with people who have that faith that we do because what do they do? It will help us encourage one another. It lets us pray for one another. It lets us, it lets us help each other along the way. Look, the most obvious ways for most of us to do that, like I said, it's like being here on Sunday morning in person. Okay? It's, and it's not, you know, just slipping in one minute before and sliding out right away. I mean, it's, it's the fellowship. It's the, it's the talking. It's the, it's the being together. It's asking people, how was your week? What's going on? How can we pray for you? It's participating in things like the, the women's Bible study on Wednesday morning. That's a time of fellowship and people who are studying God's word. And, you know, it talks about in, in the Proverbs is iron sharpens iron. You know, I mean, it, this is a time for iron to sharpen iron. But it, so it not only strengthens people in their faith, but it also encourages each other because they pray for each other. It, it's a part of being a part of the Thursday night church-wide Bible study. It's, it's making time for the men's and women's social events. It's even as simple a thing as just calling each other during the week and checking up and saying, how are you? You know, when you call somebody during the week, it'll make both of you feel better. <laughs> you know, it'll make both of you feel better. Okay. So, you, you decide in advance... You surround yourself with people of like mind. But third, and this is oh so important, is you give God all the praise and the glory when he does deliver you. When Daniel and his friends had prayed all night for God's deliverance, right, from not being killed, okay, God revealed the dream to Daniel and he gave him the full meaning of it, Daniel 2, 19 and 20. It told us, remember, it said during the night... The mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised 
the God of heaven. And he said, praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his no matter the circumstances that we find ourselves in or you find yourselves in. We've got to remember to be thankful and praise God. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7 tells us to not be anxious about anything. Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had a lot of opportunities to feel anxious, to feel worried, to feel concerned. But they decided no matter the outcome, it was more important to honor God, to stand firm in their faith, and trust God with the outcome. Do not be anxious about anything. Your health, your finances, your relationships. Can, the, can you keep the list going? Do you see what I'm saying? There are very practical things today with any of us. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Would you guys stand with me as we get ready to close? Just just real, real quickly here. Just, you know, heads bowed, nobody looking around. Today, if you're ready to purpose in your heart, if you're ready to decide in advance that you're going to live to honor God, that you intend to live according to his word and his commandments, no matter the cost, no matter the cost, you were willing to make that commitment that that's what your goal is, raise your hand. Okay. Or, or, here's, you may have realized that you've allowed yourself to become isolated. And you want to make a decision now to regularly surround yourself with other followers of Jesus who will stand with you, who will pray with you and rejoice with you, and when needed, they'll even cry with you. If you want to commit to being that kind of friend, raise your hand. Yeah. Amen. Lord, today, you have seen our hands. More importantly, you've seen our hearts. And God, today, we want to be people, Lord, who will stand with you. God, people who will be like Daniel. Help. God, give us the faith of Daniel to purpose in our hearts, to decide in advance that we're going to walk with you and according to your word. But then, Lord, also help us to be people, Lord, who will be there for others. Lord, who, who will who will make that phone call, who will be that friend, Lord, who will laugh with those in joy and cry with those in sorrow. But God, help us to be each other's support, each other's strength, Lord, knowing that we can trust ultimately in you for the outcome of every situation we face. We ask that in Jesus' name. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain.